Bonjour and bienvenue to Lulabelle's Francophiles. Je m'appelle Lou and I'd like to welcome all the Francophiles from around the globe to this podcast as a way to keep your inner Frenchy vibes happening when not in France. In each episode, we chat about our French experiences with guests who live both in Australia and France and share ideas for how to stay connected to the Francophile within you. Subscribe on podcast platforms like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts or Stitcher or follow Little Bell's Francophiles on Insta to be notified as soon as new episodes are available. Just head to the LittleBellsFrancophiles.com website and you will find a lovely way to stay connected to one of our fave destinations, France. Today I have a special guest who I met in France a few years ago when I stayed at her Trebel country house in the Dordogne region. Bienvenue to Lulabelle's Francophiles, Rosemary Vine, and merci beaucoup for spending this time with us today. Merci à vous, in fact, Lou. Thank you so much for having me. It'll be lovely to chat all things French, as yeah. always. As always. Now, Rosemary, what led you to your decision to purchase a house in the Dordogne? How did you choose that particular region when all over France there are such amazing places? Look, you're right. France is an absolute smorgasbord of beautiful places. It's such a wonderful country. And my husband and I are total certifiable Francophiles. We just love everything French, like you, like lots of people. (laughs) And we've been many, many times to lots of different regions. They're all fabulous. But every time we've been, we've always ended up saying, let's just add a week in the Dordogne somewhere and just have a little break, you know, after this trip, at the end of the trip. And we suddenly realised that's actually the pocket that we love the most because it has everything that we love about France. It has the history, the culture, the architecture, the wine, Mm. the food, And just this beautiful, beautiful classic French country lifestyle where the rhythm of life and the rhythm of village living is so in tuned with the the region, the seasons, the food. And it just, it slows everything down and makes you feel really, really like you're experiencing everything in every way. So we chose that. Well, you describe it perfectly because that's just how I felt after spending a week there that I had connected beautifully with that particular corner of France. You run your house as a business at times, as a gîte, but also for groups. So what kinds of experiences do you offer to tourists and how do you manage that during the times when you're back in Australia? Well, we, as you say, we offer it in the peak summer months as a holiday house or a gîte, as the French call it. And so I can't, unfortunately, be over there while we've got guests. I I end up being eternally jealous of all my guests because they have (laughs) these wonderful holidays and they send me all these great photos and emails Mm. about their their stay, which is great. But then on the shoulder periods is when I go over and I always like to find reasons to show people the area. And so I put on occasional small group tours, very small groups, because our feeling is, is that we want people to feel like they're in a house party, not on some rigid guided tour. And so I put together tours that I'd love to go on, basically. Mm. So sometimes it might be a more garden-focused tour. Sometimes it'll be a foodie focus. Mm-hmm. With you, Lou, it was a language one. Mm. Um, it just depends on what's really taking my fancy at the time. Sometimes it's a more general discovery of the area, of the history, the chateaus, the culture. 
always lots of food, always very food related because the food to me is one of the biggest reasons that I love France so much, that combination of food with its culture. I think that with our tour, we experienced a cross-section of all of that. We definitely had the food, but we also went to prehistoric caves. We went to little markets. I went to a hairdresser, as I do all the time, everywhere I go. And we had Michelin star meals. We had so much to take in over the week. There's so much to do in that little pocket around our village. It's chock full of amazing chateaus, gardens, wineries. As you say, you can have... Everything from a Michelin star experience to some beautiful, beautiful rustic uh, meal. And everything is just wonderful. Everything's a new experience. Well, when we came to your house back in 2017 with some of my beautiful friends that I learned French with and with our French teacher from A French Journey in Hampton, it was quite a life-changing week for all of us. You were the most amazing hosting guide and your sister Marie was a fabulous Thank French you. cook for the week. Uh, we yes, had, she, was. she was. We had a couple of experiences that stick in my mind, though. One being a five or six course Michelin star restaurant, like we've just spoken about, followed by a very swish boat trip. And on the opposite end of the scale was a lunch I'll never forget with a farm family where they cooked a traditional rustic lunch for us all. Where do you find such diverse experiences for those that come to stay with you? Lou, I do a lot of research and I've got the uh, elasticized pants to prove it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm an absolute foodie. I absolutely love the French food and its connection, as I said, to its lifestyle. So when I'm over there, I love to hunt out those sorts of places that you just don't read about or hear about and only, only the locals will share with you. The Michelin star place that I took you to is very, very well known and it's mm. possibly my favourite restaurant in the whole region mm. and it's just a wonderful place. But the farmhouse of Christine, we just had a recommendation for that from our neighbours who said, you need to go to this place. Everything you eat there will have been plucked, picked, preserved, cooked, whatever, from her veggie garden, from her farmyard that day. Whatever you eat, you just eat what she dishes up. And it's spectacular. I don't know how many times I've been there, and every time I go, it's delicious. I recall that farm stay lunch especially. It was a uh, five-course lunch, as I recall, and we started off with a garlic soup. We then went into a... Yes. Uh, yes, and then we went into a, a duck gizzard salad, salade de gizzard Giz- de canard. Yeah, yeah. And Which don't say the word gizzard. Please. I know. Well, if they had I have told me. Don't ask, just eat. No, I, you did say that to us, which was a really great thing because if somebody had told me I was eating duck gizzards, I probably wouldn't have eaten them. Um, exactly. Because I didn't know and I tried it, it was exquisite. So I was you know, yes. really pleased that we didn't With use that word. With a vinaigrette and it yes. was so delicious. Delicious. Then was the confit de canard, and I'll talk about that in a minute. But then we had a cheese course, I think, and a creme brulee. So it was we rolled out of there. You're right. You need to wear your Christmas <laughs> pants when you go to a lunch like that. But the thing that I recall being fascinated by was when we asked Christine about the confit canard they described how they do it it was ducks from their own farm and they par cook it by broiling it I think and then they put it into barrels with duck fat that's boiling all around it and it continues to cook slowly for a period of time and they put it under the house where it cools and stays there through the winter probably traditionally but for however long until they need it and then What traditionally would have happened is they pull out a barrel, a small barrel, each Sunday, and they take the pieces of duck out of the barrel, 
with it coated with the duck fat and fry it off and crisp it up in the duck fat and then also cook their potatoes in the duck fat. Now, the end result is the most amazingly tender duck, but also with the crispiness that comes on the outside. And it's a flavour I've never had anywhere else, not in any restaurant or anywhere. So... I was so excited to taste the flavours of France as they traditionally have been for generations and have such an authentic experience together with all of our lovely friends and with you. It was a wonderful day and a lifetime memory that I've unsuccessfully tried to replicate numerous times in France since. So I really treasure this memory of when I was there that day. And the great thing about that experience too is The food, each recipe has a history to it. Like Christine's cooked that dish endlessly because she got Mm. taught by her mother, who Mm. got taught by her mother and so on down the line. And they're passing on a little bit of history and tradition every time they share it with you. At Christine's house before where she's made, she's picked apples from her orchard that morning and decided to make a a local style apple tart, which is extraordinary to watch her make. She makes this pastry, which she... She spreads and spreads and spreads until it's like tissue paper all over her kitchen table. And then she just gathers it up in in handfuls and places it into the the baking tray and then layers the apple slices into that pastry and pops it in the oven. And it comes out in half an hour as this exquisite melt-in-the-mouth apple pastry. I can't describe how delicious it is. It's taken her hours to make and it's all from her own garden, her own work. And it's a recipe. It's like, oh, no, that's not hard. This is what my mother showed me. It's just amazing. It's quite magnificent to be a part of that, I think. And it's something that doesn't come in the guidebooks. Absolutely. Which we've chatted about before. What is the one piece of advice you would give to someone planning a trip for travelling in France? Look, I think you hit the nail on the head. I always say to people, don't stick to the guidebook. Mm. Uh, The guidebook will always tell you the sort of the usual suspects, if you like, the big ticket items. And, of course, you know, in our region... It's Sahara, it's, you know, um, a couple of the most well-known chateaus and so on. But there's so many other fabulous chateaus with incredible stories. There's so many little tiny villages. Montpazier, where we're based, is a Pubo village, which is great. So it's, it's on the list, if you like, the yeah. tourist trail. But there's so many other equally exquisite villages with fabulous stories take a wander off onto the D roads and the the sea off the D roads onto the C roads and, you know, just get yourself into the little side roads and find the little chapels on the hill with the exquisite wall art or find a tiny village, which has some fate or fair going on that, that weekend Mm -hmm. and just immerse yourself. Don't, don't worry about hitting, you know, the checklist of every item that, that TripAdvisor tells you. Find of things to immerse yourself in. I must admit that was something that I did the very first time I knew I was travelling to France was go to all my colleagues at work and ask the ones who I knew had been to France what was their one never-to-be-missed thing that they would do in Paris or France. And I ended up with a collection of things to do that were definitely not things I would have found in the guidebooks. But also I know those friends and I know what their likes are and the people who like the same things as me, I thought, well, I'm definitely going to do their things that they suggest. And the the outcome was that I had a fabulously authentic experience with things that I really loved as well. And the other thing I would say to people is build into your day, instead of racing from one thing to the other, build into your day a chance to sit and watch. You know, just watch the world go by over 
uh, a coupe de champagne or, you know, a cafe or whatever on the square or outside on the terrace, just soak it in. Give yourself a moment to just immerse yourself and embrace what you're looking at and where you are. Or after a big lunch at a Michelin star restaurant, find a park bench to fall asleep on before you get on a boat, I like have I did. Photographic evidence of you doing that. <laughs> oh, <laughs> we had to. Re- I had to recover from the from the lunch. It was that amazing. Thank you so much for sharing a little snippet of time with us and your expertise about France and the Dordogne region. I was absolutely enthralled from beginning to end with my visit there, and I'll put some links on the website to some of the things that we chatted about today and anything that you can also recommend that we can share with the Francophilers yep, via the sure. website would be, be great to. too. So thanks so much well, again, Rosemary. Thank you Rosemary. for that walk down memory lane and all those um, wonderful experiences that we had. It was great fun. It well, was. We'd to do it again one day. With oh, you. I'm definitely coming back. Thanks again, Rosemary. <laughs> thank you. Au revoir. Au revoir. Now, during the COVID period of 2020, many of us who love to travel were finding new and innovative ways to keep the travel bug at bay. I think watching the Tour de France and Escape to the Chateau DIY saved my sanity. There was one series in particular, though, that I cannot recommend highly enough, especially if you have a yearning to travel or reminisce about time spent in the Dordogne. Rick Stein's French Odyssey transports the viewer from his landing in France through his barge trip starting in Bordeaux and ending at Marseille. He visits many towns along the river and samples some exceptional traditional meals along the way. Through my chat just now with Rosemary, we heard of the variations of cuisine from formal and fancy to rustic and flavoursome, and both ends of the spectrum are covered in Rick Stein's series. It truly conveys the loveliness of the Dordogne people. As we always share some French music in each Lulabelle's Francophiles episode, today I will share the song that is at the end of each of Rick Stein's French Odyssey episodes. It is called French Cook and mentions so many of the dishes we have featured in our podcast episodes, as well as some more that we are still to discover. It's a sort of modern take on the traditional French chanson style music, and I love to listen to it to try and pick as many French dishes as I can each time. I do hope you enjoy it. Here is French Cook from Rick Stein's A French Odyssey. La France est un jardin où l'on peut cuisiner sans fin avec du thym, du romarin où le chasseur devient lapin. La choucroute et le cassoulet. Et les escargots de Bourgogne, sauce béchamel et encivé à l'armagnac de la Gascogne. Une bonne louche d'un bon bouillon, donnerons la vie d'une chanson, un trop velouté de potiron, refrain, olive et saucisson. Une baguette, la frangipane, des andouillettes sur pain poilane, la tête de veau en persillade, le céleri rave en rémoulade, sans oublier le madiran. Il faudra faire le trou normand, vingt minervois sur les anchois, sur des lentilles assaisonnées de morir. 
Vin des corbières Sur de la pisse à la bière Pour un foie gras Et un dessert un bavarois Agrémenté d'une tapenade à l'huile d'olive et en grillade Vous aurez là la sardinade Pour les paupiètes, la tartiflette Ou la blanquette et la raclette Commencez par un avarin Avec quelques brunes d'agent Quelques cuisses de grenouilles, une bouillabaisse à la rouille, se pourrait d'une cipoulette, ou bien d'un piment d'espelette, des torquilles et le poulet basquez, le magre sauce béarnaise, éveilleront votre palais assorti d'un bon cariquet. Pour une fougasse à la nice, on vous conseille un bon pastis. Un bon calva, du roquefort, puis du cœur, pour vous laisser baba, la nouga, Montélimar, le fréginat avec le pomard, et la yoli, et le bruit, au sur la poule au pot. Un bon salers de l'Isara, depuis le Gers, bien arrosé d'un bon muscat, des macarons et du fronton vous conviront à la dégustation. That was French Cook from Rick Stein's French Odyssey series, a television show sharing a gastronomic journey through the Dordogne on a barge from the Atlantic to the Mediterranean via the Canal du Midi. Now, in my chat with Rosemary Vine earlier in the episode, we heard about a trip I did with her where we based ourselves in the plus beau village of Montpazier. It is a beautiful petite Bastide village, meaning it is a little walled village. The plus beau village label is given to the most beautiful villages of France. The Association of Les Plus Beaux Villages de France was founded in 1981 to protect and promote the exceptional heritage of France's most beautiful villages. Today, there are around 160 villages who have earned the label, and I'll place a link on the website so francophiles planning a trip to France in the future can plot travels to include some of these picturesque and valuable historic places. 
Now, Rosemary and I discussed one of the exceptional experiences we had near Montpazier. It was a lunch in a rustic farmhouse where we were treated to an amazing confit de canard. Whilst we are not likely to be able to prepare it in Australia in the same way as was traditionally done in France with boiling duck fat, slow cooking the canard in barrels, we can definitely make a confit de canard to make your taste buds sing. You will need to plan ahead though. The duck is best when salted and refrigerated overnight before cooking. The recipe I follow cooks the duck legs in wine slowly over a slow heat, then transferring to the oven straight away or refrigerating again, this time in all the duck fat and wine mix for reheating later. Either the oven straight away or chilling to reheat later is good, but if you have time for the longer version, the flavour will be worth it. I will place the recipe into the episode blog post on lulabellsfrancophiles.com and you can set aside some time to make your own confit de canard at home. Et c'est tout, et la fini aujourd'hui. That is all for another episode of Little Bell's Francophiles. I have so enjoyed chatting and daydreaming for 20 minutes or so of France, and I hope you have too. I would love your Frenchy ideas you'd like to hear about. Francophiles can leave feedback on the littlebellsfrancophiles.com website, and then together we can take this journey to share some of your story as well as my own. Follow on Instagram too for the daily posts that accompany each episode, and we can become immersed in a variety of experiences de français together and keep our French vibes happening. Au revoir et à bientôt.